and on the dulcet tones of that music, <laughs> welcome to the bookworm on part of radiointernational.com. Hello. Hello, I'm Nympha Hayes. And you've got Russell Smith on drums. Hey. We are Edless. Edless, I tell you. <laughs> How do we see? Yeah, okay. <laughs> so, coming up on the show today, we'll have our usual news section. Uh, we will be doing some reviews. Ross will be talking about... The Vagrant by Peter Newman. Ooh, that looks so good. And I will be talking about A, Co- a Court of Thorns and Roses by Sarah J. Maas. Uh, and then we'll be having, uh, as always, a quick chat after uh, at the end of the show about uh, probably fantasy, because that seems to be the theme of, uh, of this Sunday. Um, and there's also a very exciting interview by the lovely Ed uh, with Joe Hills. Across the world, 24 hours a day. First of all, if you don't know who we are, um, how how are you <laughs> listening to us? Uh, you can uh, obviously oh, contact us. Great too. <laughs> you can contact us on Facebook at Radio Bookworm. We're on Twitter at Radio Bookworm. Uh, we're on Tumblr. We're basically on all the social media that matters. <coughs> Mwahaha. Uh, and, uh, if you Google up Radio Bookworm, uh, you, you will probably find us somewhere. You can also subscribe on iTunes if you don't want to miss a show uh, and listen to your favourite shows over Please and over subscribe again. subscribe on iTunes. Please subscribe and love us. Uh, we if you could do a commentary review thing on, on iTunes, that'd be great. Absolutely. Review us, subscribe, love us, hug us, send us messages, tweets, owls, whatever you want to send. You know, it's Even all that Even just say hi, it's great. We love it. We really love it. So, uh, news in the book world. What's been going on? Well, the big Thanks. news that everybody's talking about is Amazon's first ever brick and mortar bookshop. Whoa. I know. So um, the online retailer is opening their very first bookstore. This is incredibly exciting, especially (laughs) for a lot of indie authors that can finally uh, be able to say, you know, here we are in a bookstore, you know, you can come and buy us. Oh, hey. Um, However... Uh, as you can imagine, because it's Amazon, um, there's a lot of chatter about, um, no, why are you doing this? This is wrong. We all hate you, Amazon. You're, you're taking <coughs> everything away from everyone and we will hate you forever. I don't know where I stand. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of excited that a lot of, of independent um, writers that don't have, you know, big... Um, big publishers at the back marketing and pushing their books into you know the big book retailers will be able to sort of like get a little bit of exposure but it's Amazon am I going to be able to stride into a bookshop and say oh yeah no, 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 no. That's tap, me. On, tap on something oh I wrote this and then sort of 
um, sit there for half an hour chatting to uh, random people about. Well, apparently it's a curated selection of books. It is. It will be. But um, so that's no then. No, <laughs> they won't be there, um, and and they're not going to be carrying apparently all of the publishers uh, that they retail online either. Um, I think that what they're trying to do is is getting closer to 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 the people <laughs> if that even makes sense uh, because obviously it's different when you can go into a store and there's, it's more human experience to like go and interact and talk to people that know books and love books and, and, and you know this is why I love going into you know my local independent shop or or my, my local Waterstones and, and things like that because you go in and there's people there and you can ask questions and ask for help and ask for recommendations and, and it makes it all better very, very much I take away from this that local and independent bookstores are going to uh, st- remain of significant importance. So apparently the new shop is going to be in an upscale mall near the University of Washington. Uh, and, um, you know, uh, it, the, the, the people have, have been really excited about, uh, about it. And uh, there's, there's an expectation that soon there'll be Amazon stores popping up all over the world. I look forward to following yeah. this story. So we shall have to see how, how this newest episode of the soap opera that is Amazon um, continues. Um, feel free to tell us what you feel. You know, do you feel this is good? Do you feel this is bad? Is it gonna kill? I think we can stop. I think we can safely say for, for what how this was put together on our news for us that Ed feels this is a travesty. Oh yeah, Ed, Ed, Ed doesn't <laughs> like it. Uh, we won't we won't read no, the, the, the scathing no. comment. Um, but I'm, I'm you know I'm I'm about neutral right now because really it's all about seeing how that impacts once it's ongoing. Right now they've just opened. They seem to be selling. I mean it's Amazon, of course it's going to sell anyways. Uh, but you know is it gonna is it gonna destroy the world of books? I'm not sure that's what's well, going to happen. To be fair, you know, they've had, they've had some time to, to work on that. So. <laughs> They're resilient Ooh. books. So moving on from, from, uh, from you know, uh, Amazon, uh, Fox Spirit wins Indie Press Award. Yay! Yay! Um, excellent, <laughs> excellent genre publisher Fox Spirit has won the 2015 British Fantasy Award for Indie Press in an excellent year for the UK's genre in- industry. The other winning winners include Lightspeed for Best Ontology, Carla or- Ortiz for Best Artist, the main prize Best Fantasy Novel, uh, obviously we spoke about it last week was won by Francis Harding for Cuckoo Song uh, which we loved but yes well done Fox Spirit keeps going from strength to strength and we wish you all the best um, in, in becoming even bigger hello Auntie Fox and your skulk you're awesome <laughs> next up Charles Stross proposes Discworld Hugo nomination Woohoo! Charles Stross author of the popular horror series The Laundry has pointed out that the entire Discworld series is eligible for a Hugo Award as a completed work under the best novel category. Uh-huh. <laughs> because, you know, it's not been done before. <clears throat> and it was hilarious the last time. Yes. Well, actually, on the paper, it's, this is slightly controversial. Slightly. A strict reading of the rules suggests that the entire series may not be eligible due to previous Discworld novels making it to the ballot in the past. Oh. Pratchett's last book, The Shepherd's Crown, is certainly eligible for a Hugo and is a hotly tipped contender. 
I, I would expect it to be so. I would, I would to imagine. Win, to be honest, I, yeah. I, I, I would imagine. Yeah, it's gonna. If, if you're anybody be, else, you wouldn't bother. It's going to be yeah. there or thereabouts. Yeah, absolutely. I, I have I, I have seen social media reactions just from friends and family who have read this, and yeah. Where's next year's World Con? Is it, is it in the the US? It's of in a... the US next year, and mm. then the and then the year after is in Helsinki. 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 And I'm totally going because it's going to be like my birthday and stuff. Yeah. And oh yeah, I'm. I'm I'm hoping outing. Yeah. You never know. Um, but I'm hoping by then that that there will be either either a credit card with my name on, or um, apparently cheap flights to um, the Baltic state on the opposite side of the of the ocean of the sea, and then a ferry across is oh, is okay. the cheap way to do it. I'm, I'm, I'm telling it. you now, I'm doing this. Well, <laughs> I think we should. Uh, I think we should organise a, a a trip, a group trip, and just book everything together. Because this is going to be amazing. Yep. Next up, Sarah Pinborough to right behind her eyes. Um, that's, uh, interesting <laughs> that's, that's an interesting, he- interesting headline. That's an interesting <laughs> headline. <laughs> I'm going to try and interpret that, but what I'll do is I'll read up first. Harper Fiction has nabbed the rights to psychological fic- thriller behind her eyes by Sarah Pinborough in a six-figure deal. Ah, that makes more sense now. Uh-huh. <laughs> I was I was wondering. Also, I've now got a song in my head, and I think you know which one. Nobody knows what it's like. Oh, <laughs> Out in spring 2017, the novel explores whether you can truly know someone. There you go. My little pun was actually relevant. Uh, Pinborough was a very popular and a highly sought-after author, thanks in part to her critically acclaimed novel, The Death House. We look forward to reading behind her eyes. Absolutely. Am I right in thinking that Sarah Pinborough is the author who has every single one of her works optioned for film and or TV? Am I, am I thinking that? You may well be. Yeah, she's, she's also one of the guests. Uh, she's also one of the uh, guests on at um, EasterCon. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, Which oh, is in, in our fact, very Manchester. That, that's very good mansion. Uh, if you're planning to go to EasterCon, uh, that's right in ne- next year in Manchester, uh, and you want to have the reduced um, ticket price, this is the time to do now it because it's expiring time. like literally in days. So do it now if you want to get involved. Get in touch with them. Um, they're still looking for panel uh, people. They're still looking for uh, contributions from uh, voluntary work. Uh, it's going to be in in the Hilton Hotel in Manchester. So it's gorgeous venue, bang in the city centre, easy to commute to. Um, yeah. And there's, there's some amazing authors lined up. Obviously, Sarah Pimbrough is one of them. <laughs> yes. Subtle, subtle Sarah Pimbrough is, is, um, is one of their VIPs. Um, Aliette de Boudin is another one and she doesn't do a lot of cons. So, you know, if you're a fan, this is the time to, to get those tickets in. Uh, obviously, you'll still be able to get tickets later on, but the prices <coughs> will be going up. Yeah, currently £60 for an adult, less for other categories. Um, those prices go up on the 30th of November. It's a cracking guest list and a crack, and it's going to be a cracking convention. Absolutely. Also, you know, as ideas for uh, as ideas for Christmas presents go, you could do a lot worse. Oh, absolutely! You know, a couple of days um, spent with your favourite authors and uh, people from the book business—it's just going to be wonderful. So get involved if you can, or get those tickets while they're going cheaper. Yeah. <laughs> and finally, Angry Robot Gun Galantz wants you. Uh, it's all about the submission windows, uh, but you're going to have to hurry with a few of these because there there isn't much time. Mm. But if you if, if you're ready with some uh, if you're ready to go with something, get on it. 
So Galance, the uh, world's oldest imprint of science fiction and fantasy, announced that it would open a submissions window at its recent Galance Fest event. Yes, that was um, that was in Manchester. With this and f- chock a full of of lovely authors, including Joe Hill, which is where our Ed cornered Joe <laughs> to have this this interview that will be going on in a little while. And my old mate Venerenovich as well was there. So. Uh huh. All right, but uh, I, I was I was sorry to have missed it, but it sounds like it was a. Anyway, listen carefully if you're wanting to submit. The window for this one will be open between the 4th to the 22nd of January 2016 and will only consider physical copies of SF, fantasy, horror or young adult crossover novels that have not been published previously in any way. So <laughs> that basically, was, that was quite strict at the end. Basically, it's you've a very got, strict line here. Mm. You've got two months to finish up that original novel that you've you've wrote that you wrote and that you know you haven't quite tweaked to perfection. Two months to get it perfect, mm. get it long. printed, get it out to them, and and hope for the best. It's not a lot of time, but if you've got that project that you've finished. So you know, don't don't start writing it now. Don't no, put your no, nano no, novel in yeah. it unless you're amazing, nah, or or can pay for an editor. That you've had time to tweak. Yeah, is perfectly this, fine. This, this is it. But yeah, that's that's basically what they're saying is do not P2P your fanfic and scrape off the VIN number. No, yeah. no, <laughs> no. The, the, you know, Golangs is is big. So so if you yeah. know you've got something good in your hands and it's it's as good as you're gonna get it this is the time to you know get it get it perfect and send it off um, so while, in january so while we're at it also angry robot another uh, a, 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 another name you've uh, probably heard of oh, well respected producers of genre literature with a very high number of critically acclaimed and award-winning creators to their credit they are looking for finished unpublished original works of speculative and fantastical fiction which are between 70 and 150,000 words long so, roughly so, so specifically novel. novels aimed at an adult audience and are very interested from those who feel that their voice is not usually heard in genre circles interpret that as you will more information is fa- can be found on their open door page so I think that's it for the news for this week. Um, we'll be coming back soon with Russ's um, review of the Vagrant. Oh, this. Oh, I love the leather. Robin, we have a mission. Look at the muck on here. Pay attention, Robin, because today it's our responsibility to save radio. Can we call in Dorothy's diner first? I'm gagging for a brew. But we've got to tell the world about FabRadioInternational.com. Oh, are they the bad guys? No, Robin. They're our heroes. Hey, guess who found a random new jingle on on the list? (laughs) You, perhaps? Yeah. (laughs) Well done. (laughs) Thanks. Anyway, books. Ah, yeah, 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 That's what we do. Well, yeah, I was happy to talk about the jingle, but yeah. (laughs) So I've um, managed to get my hands on a copy of The Vagrant by Peter Newman. Um, which is um, I'm progressing through right now, and um, yeah, I have to. Say, I, I will. I will straight straight away say I'm really enjoying. 
Um, as Ninth pointed out earlier, we are talking uh, uh, we are talking fantasy this week, and this is certainly uh, this is certainly in there. But actually, I could probably put this in um, uh, uh, if we had to pigeonhole. I could probably put this one in um, several places because you know it covers uh, it covers um, post-apocalyptic quite nicely. There are certainly um, well, there are certainly sci-fi elements um, and of there's there there's all sort there there are all sorts of things going on here. Um, I've got to start with the um, I've got to start with the cover. It's wonderful. Everything is kind of ties in with the theme. Everything's um everything's pretty um uh, pretty straightforward with this book. Just gets you um gets you hooked in quickly. Um, if you're looking on if you're looking online, have a have a look at the cover. There, there is just one guy with a huge sword strapped to his back, and if you look very carefully, he's carrying a baby. It's 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 very I am legend, isn't it? If if you've seen the movie with Will Smith, there's an element of you know that, that in the cover. It certainly reminds you of that. But yeah, yeah, some, some sort of um, hard, hardcore uh, hardcore chap. Um, so what what's the of... what's the book about? Ah, well here we go. Uh-huh. Um, I will uh, I, I will get you the uh, get you the synopsis. The vagrant is his name, he has no other. Years have passed since humanity's destruction emerged from the breach. The world and its inhabitants have been changed from what they once were. Friendless and alone, he walks across a desolate, war-torn landscape. As each day passes, the world tumbles further into depravity, bent and twisted by the new order, corrupted by the usurper, the enemy, and his infernal horde. His purpose is to read the Shining City, last bastion of the human race, and deliver the only weapon that may make a difference in the ongoing war. What little hope remains is dying as the last defences of a once great civilization crumble into dust. Abandoned by the Seven, their leaders, and the Seraph Knights, their heroes, all is lost. But the Shining City is far away and the world is a very dangerous place. Come on, tell me that you're... Uh, the, yeah, you're, post-apocalyptic that, goodness. not something you want to pick up. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I've, I've got that as well, and I'm looking forward to actually getting my teeth into it uh, when I go through the, 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 the vast amount of other books that I've got to read. It is a rapid get-your-teeth-into kind of book. The, um, the, a thing I noticed really, uh, really quickly, the writing style is... Um, I... I wouldn't say I, I wouldn't say simple, but it's simple to read. There's a there's a poetry behind it, and um, mm. it'll it'll it cer- uh, certainly in places. And there's some there, there, there's some uh, you know wonderful economy at times that just that, that just puts you in. I mean, I before I'd even um, read the synopsis and picked up the first few uh, picked up the um, first couple of chapters. I, I I knew what we were dealing with, and I I love that in a I love that in a book. I like when when you know this is this is the tin. It tells you exactly what you're going to find inside, and uh, you know that you're just going to pick it up and you're going to get what you've you wanted, and and you're going to get your teeth into it and just just enjoy yeah, it straight away. It's a dark place. The world is stuffed. We need a hero. Oh look, there's this uh, there, there's, so so there's this bloke carrying a rather large sword. Um, we have our hero. <laughs> interesting thing about it. He doesn't actually speak. Uh, he can't. It's um, so. There's there's straight away a challenge for uh, for an author, uh, which is to manage to con- uh, which is to successfully manage to convey. Um, is it third person? So are we hearing his thoughts? Ah, I'm getting getting to this. It is third person. Um, it's third person with a present tense, which I actually 
usually find really, really difficult to um, crank myself around. Yeah. But yeah, the camera is firmly strapped on the uh, on the Vader's shoulder. shoulders as you well. It moves away at times as well, so you can see his, uh, so you can be- beautifully see his reactions to to, to, to things. I mean, there's um, one line I was to see if I can find it, but yeah, it's you can just it it's um, it, it just carries it, it it just carries him um, it, it just carries him so well. It's just little uh, just, just just little things. Oh, every every one of his actions, you. You, you see participate. and you're, you're kind of there with it you know it's... I mean I'm a big fan of, of post-apocalyptic in general anything that's a bit dystopian will, will grab my attention um, whether it's adult or young adult uh, because it really fascinates me and you know whatever whatever is going to become of humanity yeah um, um, well I've you got some uh, when I first looked at this and so even when I first started reading I've um, been reading the um, there the, there is one there, there there is one similarity between this and um, Peter V Brett's Demon Cycle series mm. you know how there's a whole bunch of horrible horrible things that have popped uh, that have popped out from well in um, in Brett's series it's it, it's it's the core um, in this it's the <coughs> in this it's the breach different eras they're not they're not re- related at all, mm. but that's your that that's kind of your hook as to where uh, where all the bad things come from. Um, or you know the Hellmouth in Buffy. It's it's oh, it's, just... it's used. Don't get me um, yeah. don't get me wrong, but it when makes it works, me think it as works well. well. Um, Helen Daly's Pauls, where you know this there's there's a, an opening and and then all sorts of creatures pour out into the world and change it kind of thing. Well, yeah, this is it, it's it, it's very much that. Um, I mean, when you see uh, and some of the things you see in here, when um, when we're saying they're uh, when we're saying they're grim, they are they are really really grim. I'm not gonna. <laughs> um, I, I I I I will spare you descriptions at this point, but they're usually quite they're, they're usually quite short, but they will tell you everything you need to know about this. There are you know mouths in places that things that there shouldn't be. Um, names are very important in this. Um, Okay. They they'll they'll give you they'll they'll give you some of it. There are some um, you know there is everything is sim- again kept simple but capitalized like the overseer. You know what that's doing? It's mm. it's <coughs> busy oppressing humans. The usurpers, like you know, you, you, you get a feel. The I un- quite like that. I quite like that sort of. Um, this is what you're getting. You know. Once you read it, you'll know exactly where the story yeah, is taking you. And there's, there's very little mucking about with it. So the um, fights I've seen so far run uh, run just as just as rapidly. Um, so are you enjoying it? Because obviously you haven't finished it yet, but it's definitely one of those. That no, hugely. You. It's a um, it's um, there's a there's a really compelling story going on. I mean, your sort of your big question for um, certainly this far is who is this guy? Um, mm. I mean, it's quite. It, it's quite apparent when you follow the um when you're following the backstory as to the reason why the backstory happened i mean the the seven are sort of big legendary uh, uh, big legendary heroes with um but yeah they they they've, mention, they've kind of had it is it going to be a series does it say anything on there it's feeling very standalone at the moment oh, oh that's, that, um, that's um, i, I against can't the current. i can't presently answer that question but yeah. it's feeling very it's feeling very standalone at the moment uh not to say that there might not be more in the world no, quite. so remind us who what is the book 
and where can we find it? Uh, the book is uh, The Vagrant by uh, Peter Newman, and it is a Harper of it is a Harper Voyager production. Ooh, don't they have a um, thingy going on a submission? Yeah, I've got well. some. I've got a bit of news to follow with that. Um, Harper Voyager, being the genre imprint of Harper Collins, recently opened a window in early November themselves. Again. Um, they had some very narrow requirements but uh, received a record-breaking number of books. Uh, so, yeah. So, um, yeah, I think there's still a little bit of time for that. I think you might be uh, I think you might be pushing that one, but oh, um, yeah. in terms of what we've... It, in terms of what we've days. said, yeah. <laughs> but in, in, in terms of anything else, if you're looking to submit, very best of luck from everybody here at Starburst and the book one. Hello. So this is the bit where we have an interview. And recently, um, various of us here at the Bookworm were at the Galansfest in Manchester, held at um, the Waterstones in Deansgate. Yeah. Um, and while we were there, we talked to lots of authors. And at one point, we shoved a microphone um, into the <laughs> face of a very jet lagged uh, Joe Hill. Uh, yeah, who had been um, he'd been on a, a plane for some immense amount of time, and then he'd been on a coach for an even immense amount of time up from London to Manchester, which took forever, I believe. Um, but yeah, but we we shoved a, a microphone in his face, and Ed interviewed him, and this is the result. This is Fab Radio International. Joe Hill, welcome to the program. Oh, thanks so much for having me on. So um, you're at Golan's Fest in Manchester. Is it your first time to Manchester? No, I think that I was here uh, a couple of years ago when I was on tour for uh, Nosferatu, which was my last my last book. So, and what's the... And I feel like I'm the best thing to happen to this town since Oasis. <laughs> <laughs> so, what's the appeal for tours like this and for, for panel sites? Well, um, tonight I ha- I've already had a chance to hear some great writers um, kid around and in between being very funny make some insightful comments about writing and reading and literature and I'm a bookworm so you know um, I'm a reader first so when you have a chance to hear someone like Joanne Harris or Joe Abercrombie um, you know talk about their craft that's very satisfying and exciting a lot of fun Always a good time. You have a book coming out in 2016. Yeah. What can you tell us about it? It's uh, it's a, the novel's called The Fireman, and it's about a pathogen that gets loose and causes death by spontaneous combustion. Anything else? Or is... Um, I think that's all I better say about it for now. It is about it is it is a story about. Um, uh, sick people trying to survive, not healthy people trying to get sick, uh, trying to avoid getting sick. Um, so the the heroine of the story is someone who is actually infected with this spore that uh, that uh, kills people by by way of spontaneous combustion. Why are we obsessed with horror? Uh, I think that um, uh, horror fiction um, is a way to have fun 
examining subjects that actually frighten us. Um, so when when we read a ghost story, we have this juicy thrill, this terrific you know uh, thrill of terror. Um, but it's also fun. It's also safe, uh, and and it is a safe way to ask ourselves what happens to us after we die and um, do we ever really escape the past or is the past always does the past always sort of haunt us does it come back to to cause trouble later um, so so big questions questions that are that are a little scary but um, but uh, in the safe sandbox of horror fiction we can explore them and have fun with with uh, those questions are you ever going to explore other genres? Um, well, the fireman um, has elements of science fiction in it. Um, <laughs> horns uh, had aspects of crime fiction in it. Um, but I always, you know, I'm 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 always afraid readers will put the book down and turn to YouTube or see what's on TV or um, you know check the their friend status updates on Facebook. And I'm I'm insecure. I want to keep them reading. And one way I knew that know how to do that is uh, to amp up the suspense, um, to keep things um, um, so tense that you feel like you won't be comfortable if you put the book down, but you want to find out what happens next. So I have I place a lot of faith in stories of suspense um, as sort of the engine that keeps that keeps the reader going. If you could change one thing about the movie adaptation of Holmes, what would it be? Well, I thought I thought Dan was tremendous, and um, and I love the film. I have a lot of fun with the film, and I, I hesitate to do Monday morning quarterbacking and say this could have been different or that could have been different. I'm not sure that the ending um, is. I think that the ending is sort of thematically satisfying, um, but I'm not sure it's narratively satisfying. And I think that before you can before you can explore theme. Um, you just have to tell a really, really good story, and so I'm, I'm not sure the wind-up, the final confrontations, pay off um, um, in a narrative sense. Although they do in an emotional sense, and they do in a thematic sense. So um, those were the decisions the filmmakers made, and I'm not sure I quibble with them. Where is horror going as as it evolves? Is it evolving, and if so, where? What to? Um. Well, horror always shifts to, to explore whatever frightens us the most at the moment. I, I, I see a lot of stories wrestling with the idea that the, you know, um, that the whole planet could teeter out of control. Um, you know, that's what Walking Dead is about, the idea of it all slipping away. Um, uh, you know, I think we know so much now about viruses or you know about the possibility that a comet could slip and hit the planet you know uh, that we might not see coming or you know a terrorist could get their hands on a nuclear weapon so we're very aware of how little we can actually control um, you know how, how how little we can secure our own safety and so I think that's one issue that horror is exploring now in a really active way you know that you know playing on our fears of how little we can control and how bad things could really get how good we have it now and how bad things could get um, if you got to meet a 16 year old version of yourself what one piece of advice would you have worry less 
worry less. I did a lot of, I would say, especially especially in my 30s, but really all the way back into my teenage years, I spent way too much time worrying about things that didn't really matter. And, and three very quick questions. Sure. One, Simpsons versus Future. Sorry, Simpsons or Futurama? Futurama. Short, short stories or long novels? Oh, I don't want to pick between those. I like them both. And finally, truth or beauty? They're the same thing. Joe Hill, thank you very much for your time. Thanks so much. I enjoyed This is Fab Radio International. Sends a tad abruptly there, doesn't it? <laughs> Very abruptly, but I think it's mainly because you are in the middle of a big. <laughs> Yeah, we, we, that was quite busy. We were in the middle of a very busy bookstore, uh, and uh, about a minute before that interview ends, his, his publicist lady comes over to him and sort of gestured to me and went, went, he needs to be downstairs in two minutes' time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, 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 friend. But that was really interesting. Um, it times an interview nicely. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> really interesting. I quite liked his... I mean, we always go on about that last, the very last... Um, question yeah. you know truth or beauty and they're the same i don't think we've heard that one before <coughs> no no there's so. some, there's, i've got to tell you there's some good answers to that question coming mm. up in the next few yeah, minutes really yes are. yes <laughs> there really is um so yeah thank you very much um f- to joe hill for taking the time to talk to ed uh, and for the wonderful interview so we are um obviously it's fabradiointernational.com this is the bookworm you've just missed joe hill's interview but guess what you're very lucky because you can catch it up again on, on itunes or just by visiting the fabradiointernational.com website we'll always give you another chance absolutely uh, also if you follow us on social media we always post links to the to the um recordings of the show so that you can just click on it and and listen to us waffle on about books which is what i'm gonna do right now <laughs> so um russ talked about the vagrant um by peter newman um in his review um and i'm going to talk about a court of thorns and roses by sarah day mass uh, which i absolutely adore uh, fantastic fantasy voice um if you're not familiar with her work why not why not um um th- th- the throne of glass series is possibly one of my favorite fantasies uh, that has been written in the last um, decade uh, fantastic main heroine fantastic big massive world really well written and she has a wonderful voice and uh, when i when i received um a court of thorns and roses through the post i was extremely excited because i knew it was going to be good and guess what i was not disappointed so what's it about so first of all um a court of thorns and roses is the first book in a new trilogy and it's set into the same um universe um as um the throne of glass novels uh, which already makes it a lot more interesting because obviously for those who have read the throne of glass novels so far um the the world is mega it's huge uh, and you get a flavor especially in the late in the latest two books of the series of how uh, selena's um sort of um family ties um bring her back to a, a kind of elven um sort of family strand so there are elves in that world and there is magic and uh, this is even more so in A Court of Thorns and Roses Um, so the story starts um, following Feyre she's um, a poor girl 
um, with uh, a family that consists of a dad and uh, her two sisters. And they were rich. Her dad was a rich and, and lucky merchant who <laughs> unfortunately lost everything with a bad investment. And um, and they lost everything, including, you know, her mum died. Uh, and they were sort of destitute and had to move away from everything they knew. Fell upon hard times, I suppose. Pretty much. Tiny cottage, um, hungry, cold. She has to make the decision. She she promises her mum uh, on her deathbed that she will take care of her family because her father is broken and her sisters have known nothing but comfort um, and, and dalliances in their lives and she's the youngest so she takes it upon themselves to feed the family and keep them clothed um, and she, she learns how to hunt and goes out into the forest and, and sort of catches the, the you know the usual rabbit or when she's really lucky a deer so what part Cinderella part Katniss Everdeen ah you see not quite Cinderella not quite Katniss um, but there is a very, very strong fairy tale theme, and you'll very quickly realise within the first hundred pages that uh, Beauty and the Beast is is basically what's influencing this story. Um, so the the story starts with her in the forest, um, and it very quickly tells you that it's winter, her family's hungry, they're cold, she needs new shoes sister needs a new cloak her dad spends his days just sitting in front of the fire uh, and hoping for the best uh, a hulk, of, hulk of, a, of a man that has lost everything uh, and can't quite get out of, of, of his his um, depression um, so she's hunting and she, she, she traces a deer and as she's about to shoot it a massive massive wolf comes into the forest and she can feel it. She's she's not sure what this is. At first, you know, she thinks, oh, it's a big wolf. Then something tells her, oh, it could not be. It could be a fairy, a dreaded, dreaded, cruel fairy. Uh, but um, she's <coughs> lucky enough that during a, a good period where they had enough food and some extra coins, she bought an ash arrow. And Ash is rumoured to be the only thing that can hurt a fairy. So she knocks the the Ash arrow and shoots the wolf, uh, catches it through the eye and then finishes it off, skins its pelt, uh, captures the the the, um, the, the door um, that, that she was stalking um, as well. So they have food and they have a massive pelt to sell at the market. So Coin. is this the greatest life decision she's made so far? Absolutely, yes. <laughs> no! It's going to go wrong, Doom. isn't it? So she sells the pelt, goes back home, and what do you know? That same night, a massive monster that it's like almost as big as a bear gets to her home and tells her you've you've killed my friend i you... thought you were going to say you would pop the bow out and now she's got and uh, now she's got a, a good cycle of food and um stuff she, to feed well, her family. yes she does and she also gets a lot of coin for the wolf pelt from a mercenary that basically tells her 
fairies are on the move you should be really really careful because there's some nightmares out there she's already afraid enough of the fairies because the her world is divided in the lands of the mortals very small yep. and and not very rich and the lands of the fairy of the fae um across the wall so there's a bit of a of a stardust feel to the that wall that separates the two but wait two did places. you mention a talking bear <laughs> not quite not quite that's where the beast side of the beauty and beast story comes through so so this monster comes to her house and tells us you've killed my friend your life is now forfeit you can either die or you can come and live in the fairy lands forever and repay your debt that way um and she's she's torn because she's like if i leave my family they're all gonna starve and die by the before the end of the winter even with the meat that i've caught and the coin that i've given them from from you know my last hand what are they gonna do without me but she doesn't have a choice you know they're all petrified nobody's making a move she has to make that decision in a split second and she decides to live so she she follows her captor to the lands of Prithian, which is Feylands in her island, big island, yep. um, and starts a new life, having no idea what that entails. She's terrified. She's heard the stories of the Fey and the High Fey and the Fey kings and how cruel they are and how the war that, that went on killed most of the people and some Fey's too, and, and, and how the treaty is the only thing that exists keeps the the mortal realm safe from the fae just coming and enslaving everyone again and and she's highly prejudiced so is this the um is is this along the uh that um young adult story uh, part of the story where yeah some a uh, big change uh, a big change Absolutely. occurs and you have to yeah figure out how to very deal very much very much um she's she's 19 Feyre, so to her, the main character is a, is a teenager um at the beginning of the story and um and you know she's living this hard life and all of a sudden something life-changing happens she's whisked away to a land she doesn't know between people that are she feels are hostile because of what she's always been taught um and there's this massive beast that it's you know owns this beautiful big mansion that's almost a castle and she's basically told to just yeah you can live here just enjoy stay out of the way don't don't get you know involved and all of that and she's like and whatever what? you do do not go into the forbidden forest and in the, in the forbidden i know uh, well there is a f- kind of a forbidden forest because what's happening is there's a blight that is screwing with magic for the fae so awful things are happening on their side of the wall um and things aren't as black and white as Feyre originally thought uh eventually and i'm not spoiling this is actually in the back of the book she starts hey. having feelings for her captor a bit of stockholm syndrome, stockholm syndrome. just or as, syndrome. just as um you know beauty and the best um the, the fairy tale goes so you know be the beautiful uh, courageous girl saves her family uh, and goes away um and and becomes you know um part of the household of this awful beast that actually isn't a beast at all he he turns up to be a beautiful fae man uh who she starts developing feelings for now 
more metaphors for you right there. Absolutely. Now, as I said at the beginning, this is going to be a trilogy. And as I said, the, A Court of Thorns and Roses is only the first book, but it's a beautiful introduction to the world, uh, to the Fae mythology um, and, and the division between mortals and Fae. The second book it's out, will be out in May 2016, and I'm very much looking forward to it. It's going to be called A Court of Mist and Fury. Sounds exciting. And then the third book which is still untitled is scheduled for 2017 um it's it's gorgeous you know apparently throughout the trilogy um the author is going to explore other fairy tales and myths including the hades and persephone myth which is one of my favorites ever so i'm looking forward to seeing what what they do with yeah, it'll what be interesting to see that. what the spin is on that absolutely um but you can totally feel the the flavor of the beauty and the beast story mingling in this fantasy high fantasy really because you know elves and other gruesome and, and quirky and grotesque figures that just you know appear like the bog you talking know. crockery sets <laughs> not quite but very bizarre um there's a very a very bizarre approach to everything that pharaoh sees because almost everything you can be sure is covered by fake glamour so what you think you're seeing eventually you'll discover it's not quite what was there oh uh, it, it's it's a wonderful story i love sarah day mass's voice uh she's she's definitely um one of the best talents in fantasy to come out and although she mostly approaches it from a young adult point of view her stories are suitable for anyone reading them so you know if you're over 15 then pick it up any of her stories really if you want to start from the beginning a throne of glass uh beautiful beautiful series and you'll fall in love with selena but just as much as you fall in love with selena you will fall in love with pharaoh as well and her story and and you will want to know more and um, this is published by blumsbury um children's yep yep as their young adult and children imprint and as i said it's uh, a court of thorn and roses by sarah jamas absolutely pick it up very rem- much recommended the world 24 hours a day Welcome back. This is the bookworm on FabRadioInternational.com. Nimfa and Russ on the mic today with producer Al as we are Edless. Hello. <laughs> so today's been mostly a fantasy day and the news have been focused on sort of like um, Amazon but also submissions and exciting things happening in the book world. Uh, one thing that's happening in the UK, in Leeds specifically, next weekend is Thought Bubble. Which is, I know. If you haven't heard of it, it is a sequential arts festival. It is it indeed. Is, yes. uh, graphic novels and comics um, most of all. 
but there's always a focus on literature in general. Yeah, yeah. So there will be, you know, authors, there will be a lot of uh, workshops, there'll be um, panels, there'll be a lot of exciting things. But if- it's really good to pick up, like... Um stories written in sequential art form and stuff that you would maybe not have thought about getting or the stuff that you definitely wouldn't get in you know your big high street retailer absolutely yeah. absolutely a lot of focus on independent yeah a lot of indie guys very 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 good i mean it's been going for years as we said it's in leeds in the uk so if you happen to live around here or if you're visiting the uk and you think oh you know what i could fit that in next weekend mm. definitely recommend if it if you can get there go you will meet some magnificent illustrators and oh yeah it'll be well. beautiful and part of the bookworm team will be there on the sunday as well yeah. um a producer alan ed will probably be around interviewing yeah. and, and producer Al might be there on saturday as well depending oh, on Exciting. Mm, on table. How exciting. So yes, definitely something to do. Um big fantasy theme this 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 um well, this week, yes. This week. Uh the vagrant, um, you know, very much in the post apocalyptic dystopian uh with did you say sort of sci-fi flavour to the fantasy there's, as there's, well there's technology in there it's a grim dark universe and um, yeah there are there are beasts so beast to beauty I know beasts and beauty See, yeah. we, so we had a look well I had a look at uh, A Court of Thorns and Roses by Sarah J Maas uh, very much high fantasy elves or the other fantastic creatures a wonderful strong main heroine um, as, as the main character um, who you will probably grow to love because she has a wonderful voice um and we were just saying with producer al before i mean next week um it'll be uh, russ and i again um sort of leading the show because we'll we'll be adless again but and not, it'll be by no means chickens it will, be, it will be a pre-record because we'll be doing other interesting things uh, but obviously we don't want you to be bookwormless um, and we'll be talking about the uh, world of the Vampire Chronicles um, by Anne Rice yeah. uh, who uh, both Sarah J Maas and Anne Rice have very strong ties to the fan fiction community they are mm. so They're what were you saying before uh, so yeah my, my research is that um, Sarah Maas started out um, publishing on fictionpress.com which is the original fiction sort of offshoot slash tie-in website to fanfiction.net um, and obviously Anne Rice um, uh, Anne Rice says no uh, is, is, very, yeah. very, very, very specifically and, and vocally, she says no. Yes. Is that just in general, or at uh, fan fiction, she says uh, you shall not write my characters yes. with your own. Yeah. Now she's sort of she's has wavered about this over the years. She started out as a very firm no, yeah, and then relented slightly and went, oh, yeah. But her, her her main aim is you should be writing your own ideas. It's like yeah. that's lovely. A heck of a lot of authors have started off writing fanfic. Yeah. It's a tricky one, isn't it? Yeah. yeah I mean. I'm, a, I'm I'm all for fan fiction if uh, as long as the fan fiction isn't for um, monetary reward yeah. so if you're not doing it and then selling it around and expecting people to pay for it and it, you're doing it out of love yeah. for the characters and the world do it because you enjoy a character uh, enjoy characters enjoy the world and if it's a thing that gets you writing then yeah by yeah. all Absolutely. means get on with I mean we 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 we've gone through this a conversation we have a few times because we all kind of believe I'm, I'm i'm pretty sure i'm speaking for anyone involved with the bookworm that um it's a great way of starting to write and exploring characters in a world that it's already there so you've got the parameters set and it's a lot easier to find 
as you go your own voice mm-hmm. and then branch away yeah. because you know you've got a set of rules already in place and it's very hard especially I find especially for sci-fi and fantasy because the, the worlds can be impressively big it's, yeah. almost like it's a scary to... thing to, to, to yeah. start but it, it teaches you how to how to write existing characters it teaches you how to write new characters because a lot of people write fanfic and bring in their own original Absolutely. characters into it it's almost but it like te- a lovely set of training wheels it is it is well, you, know, you know I, I write fanfic and what I've learnt is Plot, plot your story if it's going to be multi-chapter so that you can figure out what's going to happen when um, and if you introduce a background fact about somebody not only write it down what that background fact is but write down when you have introduced it mm-hmm. so that if you need to go back and write exa- re- review exactly what you've written you can find it in amongst your 120,000 words oh yes. very much so <laughs> yeah it's, 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 it's a training session isn't it you, yeah you know you, you're teaching yourself uh, how to write how to plan how to research uh, within a world that you probably love otherwise you wouldn't be writing Van Vick mm-hmm. about it with characters that are original and non-original um, that you can play with and, and understand what a voice is and keep that voice true for the characters that are established in the world so that everyone that reads that can recognise those characters um, and, so. and it's it's a great way and I mean Sarah J. Ma started out sort of flexing her writing muscles through fanfic uh, and and so did a lot of other authors I mean obviously we, we, we love to hate Fifty Shades of Grey but nobody can deny the, the world uh, phenomenon that it's been and that's fan fiction so I know a bunch mm. of you will have been thinking about it but or, or doing it already but don't, uh, quick reminder National Novel Writing Month is absolutely if you're inspired NaNoWriMo mm. this is the time to do it uh, and get involved and you know they'll send you little um, motivational posts from uh, from <coughs> authors that have made it big or small uh, even I will if you ask nicely and so on <laughs> absolutely you can um, do it you can all do it and and you know, we we spoke about it last week. Um, it's fifty thousand words during the month of November. You can write whatever you want. You know, short stories that you're binding one volume. You can write one big novel. Anything. You know, it can be anything. A project that you're doing for a live action role playing event. Anything like that. This is the month to do it. Uh, but yeah, if it was fan fiction, then to go for it. it. It'll be fun, and a lot of people will love it. That love that same world. Best of luck to you all. Today, while I was listening to FabRadioInternational.com, I accidentally poked myself in the eye with a canoe. We are running away. It's goodbye from me, Nympha. And it's goodbye from me, Russell. The Bookworm is a truly outrageous production for Fab Radio International and Starburst magazine. Presented by Nympha Hayes and Russell Smith. Produced by A.L. Johnson.